Hey, it's Ronnie Gibson again. This is another episode of Short Life Advice. Today I have with me... Sarah Bird. I'm a model and occupational therapy assistant. Sarah, what's going on? Long Nothing. time. How are you? Good. What's it? It's been, what, 16 years since we've talked or something? <laughs> At least, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, Sarah, cool. yeah, to give some context, Sarah and I were you know, went to high school together and uh, we're the same senior class, uh, 2005 Lincoln High School, of a small town in Cambridge City, Indiana. So it's been a while since we've connected and appreciate for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm very curious of, you know, I've been following you on Instagram and uh, you, you've shown some success in your career lately with modeling and I was just curious of from graduation to today, we graduated 16 years ago. What, you know, what kind of led you to this career? And was it something you ever thought about, you know, early on in life, you know, lead the guests through uh, that timeline, if you will. Yeah, honestly, it's never really something I thought of doing, which is funny, like, I started modeling five years ago, um, and it wasn't even anything I started to pursue, really. Um, So honestly, like five years ago, um, I gave my life to Christ, and then wasn't even like thinking about modeling or anything, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like stuff started coming to me (laughs) that like I was meant to do. Um, so this, this girl reached out to me through Instagram and asked if I wanted to like model dresses for this this boutique okay and I was like sure I was like I've never modeled before but it sounds like fun who doesn't want to like model some dresses so I said yeah um and there was actually two photographers there at that shoot that day um and so one of the photographers ended up reaching out to me afterward and they said like would you want to shoot with me again like would your agency allow you to this and that and I'm like my agency I was like I'm not even signed like that's the first time I've ever done any modeling I was like yeah "Yeah, sounds like fun I mean it was fun so why not (laughs) um so we did we shot again um and then it literally just kept spiraling like into more and more stuff Mm. so like I kept getting asked to do shoots and it was fun so I'm like why not like sure and I'm guessing they were paying you for each one of those no it actually wasn't paid yeah it wasn't paid at all Um, okay it actually didn't start getting paid until like a couple years in <laughs> okay honestly that, like you really it, don't get paid a whole lot for modeling sometimes like especially starting out okay so the so, so like the first you got reached out to uh you're like sure why not and so you, you, you they asked you to do a couple more so then like so it was all just because it was fun like it wasn't because yeah. it was paid or anything honestly okay. i was like sure sounds yeah. fun yeah, yeah. Um, so it was all it was all just fun. It wasn't like really for money or anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then I had like I really enjoyed doing it. Um, like I really started to fall in love with like the the almost art form of it. I guess like how you you tell a story without using words. Mm-hmm. So you try to portray what it is that they the story that they want you to tell like the photographer and the creative team. So I kind of fell in love with that. 
Um, and I was like, maybe I should really try it. Cause everybody kept asking if I was with an agency and I'm like, no. And they're like, well, if you want to, if you want to book jobs, like, and get paid, then you, you need an agency. That way they can get you those big jobs. Mm. So, yeah. So I tried to get signed with an agency and I did. And, um, I've honestly been with a couple of different agencies. I've had some, some experiences with some agencies and until I finally found the right fit. Okay. When did you know that it was maybe something you would to do as a career and stop being fun anymore? Or, I mean, I'm sure it's still fun for you, but like change yeah. fun plus making money while having fun. Right. I think honestly, like when I went to the Coca Rocha model camp in New York, that was, which really was only like seven months ago, I think, honestly is when I really started to get serious about it and it kind of transitioned from like fun to, I really honestly learned how to pose. Like I was, I felt like, you know, I was okay before I kind of, I don't, I really wasn't okay in the very beginning, but I got better and I felt like I was okay. But then after I went to that camp, like that's when it kind of transitioned to like really learning how to pose and like how to like, sell whatever it is you're trying to sell you know what Mm. i mean we're kind of transitioned into something serious yeah is that something that camp is that something you seeked out yourself or is that suggested by somebody else or did you for it yourself too i did yep so it was something i um sought out myself just because i just wanted to i enjoyed modeling but i wanted to get better and i feel like i really wanted to like really learn how to pose um Mm. so yeah that was something i sought out myself um no agency recommended it or anything and it was totally paid for by me so yeah okay so you went you did you went to new york got some pose training and then what you were already signed to a couple agencies but then didn't you sign with a a chicago agency fairly recently or yeah okay so that i feel like the agency timelines are kind of confusing so like the very like starting back to the beginning of the modeling journey, um, the first agency I was signed with was what's called a mother agency. Um, So a mother agency pretty much works on your development and they try to get you signed by a larger agency. Okay. So I was with that agency for maybe, I don't know, two years. I'm bad with timeframes to be honest, but about (laughs) two years. Um, Then I terminated my contract with them and I was freelance. So I didn't have an agency um, for about a year. Then I was signed with a different agency, um, and then just I, and then I went to camp, um, and then at camp is when like I came back from camp and talked to that agency I was with, and that's when um, I ended up <laughs> terminating my contract with that agency, and getting signed with a different agency. So now we're on the third third agency. All three are mother agencies. So, which is the agency I'm with now. Um, okay. So I have one mother agency now, and then I did just get signed with a larger agency, which is not a mother agency, um, in Chicago. Okay. So it's BMG Models. So, yeah. So now I have two agencies. Nice. So then, once you graduate from a mother agency to this, you know, BMG Models, then like what opportunities are brought forward then? Is that kind of what happened with the, you know, Churchill Downs magazine that you got? Uh, a- yeah, well, it's 
So the Churchill Downs things was actually through my like my mother agency because it was more local. It was out of Louisville. Um, so the goal in getting signed by like a larger agency is to book like larger jobs um, in like the bigger city areas. So like you want to book like Nike, you want to book like and you can't book not saying you can't book jobs like that, but it's not likely for you to book jobs like that with a small local mother agency. You're just going to book those local jobs. So like just those jobs where um, the headquarters of that company is close enough. You know what I mean? Like for you to shoot with them. Mm. So. When, okay. So like what, what led you into the, uh, like, like, so lay it out for me how like this whole, I'm pretty ignorant on how the whole modeling. So do you, do you, how do you even get opportunities like this Churchill down thing? Do you have like a portfolio? Does your agency go out and say, Hey, we have this opportunity for Churchill downs. We want to, you know, shoot some shots of you for it. You're almost auditioning like you would for a role for. Right. Uh, so every, every, um, everyone is different. Like every company's different as far as every job is different as far as how you get booked for it. Um, so I honestly don't exactly know how the Churchill things came about, whether I was re like specifically requested. So um, the creative team could have saw me on, like could have saw my social media, saw that I was a model and then like wanted to book me or they could have just like had an idea in mind of a model that they wanted and so they sent this request to different agencies saying, you know, we, we want a um, dark haired model, um, fair skin, whatever it is that they're looking for, for this look. Um, and then they send through our pictures of like, these are the models that look like this. Okay. So it's all, it, it can be, you can be like specifically requested by a company or you can be like a, a part of like a whole audition thing. Okay. So with the so with the Churchill Downs thing, um, I had gotten an email asking if I was available a certain date, um, and I was. So I I emailed back that I was, and then they had emailed me and told me that I was chosen for it. So as far as like how that happened, I really don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't okay. know if like it was me among like ten other people. I got you to choose from. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just don't know. <laughs> I mean, it seems like your agency is doing a good amount. I mean, that's probably their job uh, yeah. to do some of that work for you. And, and yep. I assume you're getting compensated for that as for. Mm -hmm. OK. Yep. Here. Yeah, that one. That one yeah. I did. <laughs> did. Did they because when I when I saw you got like picked for the front cover, did you know you was going to get on the cover or was that a surprise? And you just somebody said, hey, you're on the cover or what? Yeah, so I totally had no idea <laughs> that I was going to be on the cover. <laughs> and that's what's crazy is, like, sometimes you don't even, like, see the pictures until, like, the general public sees the pictures. Like, it's crazy. Okay. So they had told me it was for um, an editorial for Churchill Downs magazine. So I knew that much, but they didn't say whether it was gonna be on the inside, on the cover, they didn't really specify what it was for. But when I got there, I knew it was gonna be for like modeling derby hats. So I had assumed it was gonna be on the inside because it was me and another model that, that was there. Um, so they were shooting us both in like, I think I did like 
we each did probably six or seven different derby hats apiece, along with like face masks. Um, so then after we got done with that, they asked me if I would want to, um, to shoot like a derby hat without a face mask. Um, and I was like, sure, why not? Um, but I honestly, like they didn't say what that was for <laughs> while I was there. But I had just met um, the woman that made the hat that I was getting ready to put on. And so I thought maybe it was something for like her brand or something, something they wanted to like extra they wanted to throw in. So I was like, sure, why not? Um, so I did. And that is the shot like at the very end that ended up being on the cover. So I actually found that out when um, somebody from the creative team that was like helping that day at the shoot, they had texted me a picture of the magazine and I said is that the cover and they said yeah I was like what oh, like, wow. I had yeah I had no idea so totally crazy and then also like we were on the inside too so the inside pictures it, it was a segment on the inside like I thought it was going to be of us modeling different derby hats with the face masks that matched that's so, really yeah cool. so I don't know if they knew that that was going to be on the cover like when we shot it I don't know if I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what are you, so, like, in current state, so you, you got the magazine cover Churchill Downs and on the inside, and so are there opportunities, just agency bringing opportunities, or do you got to seek those out? Do you got to, like, is there openings that you can apply to? Yeah, I mean, right so, so your agency will know, like, of jobs for you so okay. they're they're supposed to be finding you jobs but also like I learned at camp that a good model seeks out opportunities for herself as okay. well so with that social media is a big is a big thing okay. um, so like really making your presence known on social media and really seeking out there's a lot of opportunities on um, social media that you can apply for that they'll post you just have to be following like there was um I think Abercrombie had posted something about a casting that they were doing. Okay. Um, so my agency didn't tell me about that, but I had saw that they had posted that on their Instagram. Um, okay. So I actually applied, like I submitted for it, did a, like a photo shoot, like set up a photo shoot on my own <laughs> and then submitted those pictures to it. So it's kind of a combination of both. Like your agency is going to look for you stuff and then you also should be actively looking and, and things like that. Well, I was just... Uh... That's uh, synchronistic there. I, I was just at Abercrombie and Fitch's warehouse yesterday. It's a, a customer, you know, of ours, and we were out visiting at their warehouse and, and hanging out with the, their transportation team just yesterday. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Um, yeah. Sweet. So, like, how are you trying, you know, because you're still fairly new in the you know, the model industry, you know, you went to the New York camp, like how are you trying to better, like what, what are some things you do to better yourself to become a better model to, you know, open yourself up to new opportunities? Right. Um, so I feel like at the camp I learned like, and it's crazy because I've been modeling like now for five years, but it just started getting like, I feel like I just started getting serious about it. Mm -hmm. Um, like after camp pretty much. Um, so what I'm learning is even though like 
I've gotten better from camp, I have to consistently practice, like, to make myself better. Mm-hmm. And, like, so I practice in the mirror. I know that sounds so crazy, but, like, literally the mirror is your best friend because sometimes, like, what you think you're doing with your face, you're not actually doing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a movement that you think looks good doesn't actually look good. So, like, consistently practicing. And then also um, I've just been trying to be more more active on social media. I've really learned how, like, that's a big a big thing because a lot of a lot of agencies and a lot of like companies now are looking at like models on their social media so okay yeah. <laughs> I can Just continuing to like try to educate myself too on on different stuff in the modeling world just reading into like, yeah just like and stuff or yeah just like trying to figure out like how many times a day should you be posting and like what exactly should you be posting and yeah. like, you know, just different stuff. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I can empathize with what you're saying about, you know, looking in the mirror and, and seeing how you react. I, I've been, I joined this uh, speech club. It's called Toastmasters and uh, they're in all the cities all over the place, but it's just, uh, just essentially getting, you know, trying to get better at public, public speaking and doing these five to 10 minute speeches of just anything. Yeah. And, uh, so I, you you have to practice a lot to basically memorize this seven minute speech. And then, so a lot of time I'm practicing, you know, I'm just, I have my phone recording myself and just watching myself do it. And you just watch yourself doing all these hand movements and weird <laughs> <Yeah>. facial <laughs> uh, mannerisms and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. I didn't know I was doing that every single time. Right. The thing I struggled with was um, talking about a serious subject and smiling. I, I smile too much and I was talking about a serious subject and I'm smiling. So it just didn't relate yeah. <laughs> to what I was talking about. Yep. I feel like that's the same with modeling too. Like if your face is like making an angry face, but like you're not like doing like something that matches, it's like, it's off. So that's funny. So do yeah. you get nervous doing public speaking? Yeah. I, I, you know, definitely still get nervous. I think it's less and less, you know, as the time goes you know, as the more speeches I do, but it, you know, I definitely still get nervous. I I think that's one of the things that drives me to keep doing it more because it's just a a challenging thing that pushes me uh, outside of my own, you know, career and occupation. So, uh, and it's, it's fun too. You know, I, a lot of my speeches are interesting things, books that I've read and, and just, uh, you know, novel topics that a lot of people don't, really know about or, or even discuss. And, uh, you know, so I put them in speech form just cause I, it, it just, it'll get out there to people. And plus I'm just, the more I do it, the better I can be a public speaker and I'm in leadership at, at my company. And, uh, so I have like a team of people. So a lot of times I'll be doing some spontaneous, presentations and, you know, for customers. So it's, it definitely helps me there of not using a lot of filler words, being comfortable with silence, pausing. This podcast helps too with a lot of that. Yep. Being 
cognizant of myself and what I'm saying and being mindful of what I do. For sure. It's so funny. Like when you asked me like to do the podcast, I get so nervous about stuff. And I was like, oh gosh, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but then like, I feel like modeling has really helped me to like push through and do stuff that makes me uncomfortable so mm. that I can grow. Yeah. So that's why I agreed to do it is because I'm okay. like, you know what? Like, I know I'm going to be really nervous about it, but I'm like, it's something I need to do just to kind of push through that and to get better at stuff like this. Yeah. So I can totally relate. I mean, you, you, you didn't get into modeling until you got into your thirties, right? Or, or late For sure. 20s. Yeah. It was late twenties. Yeah. Not I feel like people start. <laughs> yeah. So I was about to ask like, what's even average age to start? It's probably... Uh, they, less I, than that. Like 16. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So double that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. What, what did, uh, do you have like a, a regular, you know, a, a normal career? You know, I'm putting in quotes. Uh, what, what do you do outside of modeling? Yep. So regular, like nine to five. It's, it's not a nine to five, but it, yeah, it's like a regular job. So I do therapy, occupational therapy. Okay. So I work with older people in like um, an independent living. Okay, you, you've been doing that for, you know, since you graduated, or how no, long you been? since um, let's see, eight years. Okay. Yeah. So a while. Yeah. Is that what? Because we were talking before we jumped on. You moved down to Evansville, Indiana. Was that what led you down there, or what led you down there? My husband actually, he was boyfriend okay. at the time. So he was boyfriend when I moved here and then he proposed and yeah. So he's what brought me here. He actually, um, he played basketball at USI. Okay. So, but that was a while back cause he's older than me. So he's, um, 38. Okay. So, yeah. Great. Um, you, you were telling me a little bit, a question I like to ask is, um, you know, to the guests is like, how, how is a, a failure or an apparent failure set you up for later success in life? Or do you have like a favorite failure? Uh, do you have anything like throughout your career or even beginning your modeling career that sticks out for you? For sure. Um, I don't really believe like anything is really a failure because it ends up like working out and setting, like it's always ends up being like something you can learn from, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so there was something where, so I had talked about um, an agency I was with um, that I ended up terminating my contract with. It was an agency, um, the agency I was with when I went to the model camp. So I came back um, and, and talked to the president of the agency and kind of wanted to discuss like my goals pretty much. Cause after I attended camp, like I I felt really serious about modeling and I wanted to kind of go over my goals and like I was excited to talk about it with um, the president of my agency. Um, and she pretty much told me <laughs> that um, pretty much the camp that I'd went to was, I mean, in a roundabout way, a waste of my time and money um, mm. because no larger agency was going to sign me because of my height. I'm five foot five. Um, she also said that at my age, I'm 34, um, that I needed to kind of play into this cool mom role. So basically mm. those were the only jobs I was going to book. Mm. 
so that that didn't sit well with me um and i thought like i'll, I'll play those roles that's fine but i'm, I'm not going to be like limited to that you know what i mean like yeah I don't feel like anybody should try to like limit your potential. So I was like, I don't care what she says. Like I am getting signed by a larger agency. So I terminated my contract with them, um, got signed by a different mother agency. And then shortly after that, I actually did get signed by a larger agency. And the funny thing is, is like that larger agency that signed me, they actually did have um, a height minimum that, oh, wow. that I didn't even meet. So the height minimum, I think, on the website at the time said like five foot seven or five foot nine. I can't remember to even to apply. Um, OK. But I learned at camp apply anyways. Like it doesn't matter what it says as far as age, height, anything still apply because there's exceptions to every rule, literally. Um, so I applied and they signed me. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that has that really gave me such a push like propelled me towards success and it even still propels me so yeah i would yeah. say that i feel like that took a lot of courage from you you know this you're pretty new into this whole model world and then you have this agency you know and you're you haven't really had a, a ton of success and this agency's telling you you know you're not tall enough and then you only thing you can do is these mom roles, you know, and then I feel like that would discourage a, a lot of people. I mean, it's it's almost good that you, you know, uh, you're kind of in your early 30s and matured and, and uh, you know, probably went through some other trials and tribulations in your life to understand and have some more resi resiliency because maybe in early 20s or something you wouldn't have. I know I didn't have you know, that confidence or maybe for sure. You know. Yeah. I think had that been said to me like early on, like when I first started modeling, I think it would have probably crushed me at all and I would have probably just been like, Okay, yeah, you're right. You know. But I think the timing of it helped. Um and like you said, like my age just kinda like more I'm more mature. What made you knew. What made you apply to that? agency even though they had a you were like two to four inches less than the the, the limit honestly yes. like after <laughs> after she said that I literally went and applied to I think I counted 50 some agencies because mm. <laughs> I'm like I don't care like I am getting signed like somebody it is gonna like what I have and they're gonna sign me. And that's the thing is like, you may not be everybody's like look or what they're looking for, but like somebody out there is gonna want what you have. And mm -hmm. so you just gotta find it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I literally applied to 50 some agencies, but it's oh. good, they were one of my top ones I wanted to be with, so that was good. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at, I was just curious, I was Googling what the average height for a, a woman in America is. It says uh, five foot four inches tall is the, the average height of a, of a woman in America as of you know, 20 years, 20 years old and up as of mm -hmm. 2016. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like <clears throat> it's so crazy how like, I feel like it's changing now as far as like 
model standards you know what I mean it's becoming more diverse but like what is like quote-unquote model standard is not even real life you know real life women are not typically you know five seven to five nine and you know whatever other standards they they say your measurements you have to have yeah so yeah I I, I love how like the industry's changing where like they're showing more like what people really look like you know what I mean <laughs> like mm-hmm. average bodies and like normal people, normal, like every, everybody type, everybody size, like everything, different ages. I gotcha. So, you know, you, you, you were kind of, uh, mentioned it, uh, referred to it a little bit. So you were, you were working as an occupational therapist, you know, for eight years and then, um, you know, you said you found Christ, like what happened in, in your life to make you, it seemed like it, something almost clicked for you and you decided to just start challenging yourself more in life and, and, uh, you know, taking on more challenges and, and, uh, you know, being the best Sarah bird you can be in life. <laughs> yeah. Did I read that correctly? Yep. Yep. You did. Um, so what happened there? I'm going to try to sum this one up. It's kind of long. Um, so probably, like I said, I'm bad with time frame. So I gave my life to Christ five years ago. So probably, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, um, I was in an abusive relationship. Um, abusive in every sense of the word. Um, so one day I just, um, I... I prayed to God. I was like, you know, like, God, if you're there, <laughs> if you can hear me. Because yeah. um, I hadn't prayed, like, in a long time. And, like, I'd always I'd always believed there was a God, but, like, thought he was some, you know, distant being in the sky that just might hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he had time from not, like, running the world. So um, I was just so lost and so numb I just one day I was like God if you're there I need help um I had like no strength to to do anything so I prayed I was like Lord if I'm meant to be with this man and don't ask me why that was even an option but that's this is what I genuinely prayed Mm -hmm. I was like Lord if I'm meant to be with this man please give me the strength to do that, um, if I'm meant to leave, give me the strength to leave because I don't have strength to do either. Mm. <laughs> and that's pretty sad. Um, so literally like the next day, um, we were at his house and he was, um, we were arguing and he said, I don't even know why the heck you're here. Um, and literally I promised something like clicked like a light switch. Like it was like magic. I was like, you know what? Like I, really don't know why I'm here either Mm. bye so I left um so in that moment like I I realized that um that hey God God is real like he's totally real like he heard me he helped me like this is crazy Mm -hmm. but for some reason like I didn't I didn't come to God yet like I think partially because I didn't I didn't realize a relationship with him was possible, like an actual like 
two-sided relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just out of like not knowing that that was possible and then also just, I guess it just wasn't his timing. Um, so after several other like unhealthy, not to that degree unhealthy, but unhealthy relationships later, um, I kind of sank back into a low place um, and just realized like I cannot, I can't live this life on my own anymore. Like I literally can't. So I cried out to God like to save me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is when life literally changed. Like he made himself so, so real to me. Um, and that's, that's when life started to change. And that was, that was five years ago. Like, did you start, like, when it started, did you start reading scripture? Did you go to church or, like? So it was really strange because, um, like, life started changing then. And I I felt like, at the time, I felt like life was getting worse because people were, like, leaving my life. Um, And, like, things just seemed to be getting worse when, in actuality, God was removing people from my life that weren't meant to be there. Um, and, And then I kept having these feelings, like, I feel like I'm supposed to get a Bible, maybe, so that I can read and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. And then I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to maybe start going to church. So I did. Um, and I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be baptized, maybe? I don't know. This is, It's really weird, but I kept feeling like I was supposed to do these things. So every step that I like did, it like led me closer to him into like relationship with him to where... Literally, I like when I opened up the Bible, like I would pray about something and I would open up the Bible and literally exactly like he would answer me like word for word in the Bible, mm-hmm. like with whatever spot I was in. And I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like nuts. Like he really he's really listening to me. Like, he, like we really have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So like, honestly, like that's when modeling started is when I literally focused my entire life on him then he just kept placing these amazing opportunities in front of me. I didn't even have to look for them. Mm-hmm. So that's really when life started changing. That's awesome. It's uh, yeah. like made a, a very large impact on your life and, and made you, you know, really focus on yourself. It sounds like, you know, and, and, you know, look inward and, and really, um, you know, just challenge yourself, apply yourself, you know, take out the negative, you know, the negative people and, and and stuff that was currently in your life. For sure. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're, you know, feel free if you're not comfortable to answer this question, but you know, I, I have a, you know, a sister-in-law that, you know, is in a abusive relationship as well. And, and, uh, she kind of finally getting out, but she's been in it for a while you know, and it's like, you know, families and friends, you know, tell her to get out and she continuously goes back in, you know, and it's uh, like in that position, like looking back, like, you know, is there anything people can do to pull you out of that situation or is it just something that's got to click for yourself? You know, I think it's like honestly, yeah, I think it's honestly just something that has to click within yourself because like I noticed in that my dog's about to start barking at me. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, you're fine. Um, I noticed in that, um, it was just a, 
like deconditioning, I guess, like this, this person um, who I love so much was like, had broken me down so much um, that I was just, I was just so numb. I was just, I wasn't really like there. You know what I mean? Like it mm. was very robotic. Mm. So it was, it was honestly just something that just has to click. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's anything that anybody could have done, um, except for just just continue to to love that person, love on them, and and just try to help them. No matter how many times they they go back, it, it's eventually going to click. Because even in that moment, say someone you know said, "Hey, Sarah." How about, you know, coming to church with me or something? I don't think that would be even something you would have been interested in at that time, right? Or even took you into like some sort of therapist to have you talk through it. W would any of those things work for you back then? Probably not. Yeah. No, probably not. It was literally like it just something that clicked. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's so strange. I, I don't even know how to explain it. But because I mean, I, I think for me, and I think it's, it may be different for every person, but for me in that moment, what it took to get me out was like, was God. Mm -hmm. Like it was literally like a light switch of like, Sarah, like, why are you, like, why are you here? <laughs> like why mm -hmm. he clearly like doesn't want you here in this moment. So why are you still here? And he's like degraded you so much. Like it's enough. Mm -hmm. So it just, it'll eventually come to a breaking point. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Just gotta, just gotta reach that breaking point. I think. Mm. It's tough. It's uh, deep stuff. I, I'm sure there's plenty other women going through, uh, you know, abusive relationships like that. It's, uh, you know, and even men too. Uh, I'm sure it's not all one-sided, but for sure, uh, it's tough. And it was crazy too because, like, even even though like God helped me out of that, like I still. Um, and, and it was, I went through like the light switch thing. Like it, I completely was like, why am I here? Even though that happened, um, even like afterwards, I was still, I was still in a, in a broken state. Like I was, after that, I was actually like dangerously low, like suicidal low. Mm. Um, so, and it was literally all I could do was like to lay in bed and, and breathe. Like that's, mm. that's bad. Yeah. For like days on end, weeks, months? For months. Yeah. For did months. you, did you just kind of, you know, let nature work itself out or did you get any help yeah. or I mean, medicine, pretty, anything or? Yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't even like think straight. So I didn't seek out any help. Yeah. I just spent time like just crying and just like time, I guess, just yeah. passed and it just got a little bit better eventually. Um, but still like, I was still like in a depression pretty much like, mm. like life would get a little bit better. But then after, like when I was in those other unhealthy relationships, I would sink back down into a depression again. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. So I was never fully all the way, all the way up. See, it's, uh, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, people get into depressive states, breakups, you know, some, a loved one passing and, uh, you know, they check, you know, they check in their doctor and they prescribe, you know, SSRIs or other type of uh, medication that usually leads to some sort of addiction. And, and a lot of times it's not the best thing for people. And there's a, a book I read, Ke Kelly Brogan, called A Mind of Your Own. And it 
tries to get women to uh, basically empower themselves for types of instances like these. And there's there was a study that she talked about that was, you know, if you a lot of times, you know, these depressive states, they're part of like our evolutionary. It's like an evolutionary genetic thing that we build in to, uh, you know, it's almost like a like a, a reaction that's just natural. And if we let it work its way out, there's a lot of studies where, you know, just letting it work its way out normally, you know, battling through it and uh, without going on meds and then you, um, you know, recover. I, I, it was a high percentage of like 65% of women um, in this study, it was just women, uh, you know, get through it without, you know, in like six months, I think it was or whatever, or three to six months. So. I was just interested because after hearing that study and that's good though. Cool. For sure. Yeah. I feel like a book that I read called Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer, it talked a lot about like your thoughts and stuff too. Um, and something else I've learned like kind of along the way is like when you experience depression, it's usually like, oh, it's not necessarily bad. It's a warning sign. It's your body giving you a warning, you know, that something's not right. So yeah. the warning is usually like, your perspective on something. It's your perspective that you need to shift. I mean, that's what I learned within myself is like when I'm feeling a certain way, it's like a warning that like how I'm viewing something needs to change. It's something about how I'm viewing this situation is making me feel this way. So I need to flip it mm, and view it a yeah. different way. I love that, you know, mentally and physically, For right? Sure. You know, like you're, anytime you're, you're having an, uh, an ailment or illness or, you know, thoughts that come up in your head. And I feel like that's all some sort of, uh, you know, signal that you need to pay attention to or, uh, or reverse the, it, you know, if it's mental that reverse that type of th thinking. And, uh, I I'm reading, a, uh, I've read a couple books talk about like the, the, uh, your conscious brain and your like subconscious brain or system one and system two, you know, type brain and, uh, you know, how powerful every single one of our, our thoughts are because your mm -hmm. subconscious is always listening and, uh, or, you know, or, uh, you know, a lot of times that goes hand in hand with, you know, with God, you know, as your subconscious and, and a lot of people relate that back to that, but it, it's always listening, you know, so, if you're negative, for example, you wake up and it's raining, you know, and you, and every time it's raining, you have this negative thought and your subconscious is listening the entire time. So it's like, okay, when it rains, I'm going to have these feelings. So you do that a couple of times. Then when it's raining, you don't even, you don't even have a conscious thought and your body's already reacting to this negativity, these emotions and uh, hormones. And, you know, you, in order to overcorrect that, which you can, you know, is having these positive affirmations or prayer uh, to overcorrect that. And a lot of these things are built into our subconscious from our past relationships, early childhood, mother, father, um, you know, whatever it could be. Yep. Yeah. I totally agree. Like thoughts really are so like, it's so crazy how your thoughts can affect everything, like your physical health, everything. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Did uh, it seemed like you, you know, when you, you know, you found Christ and everything, it seemed to pull a, you know, a lot of meaning 
and, or, or purpose and meaning into your life. Do, do you have any uh, thoughts on that at all? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, I realized, like, so now I have hope, like, when I have Christ. So that's that's super helpful. And then I, I have, like, direction. I feel like he guides me. Um, and then also I learned, like, when when I allow him to be my source, then I'll, it'll never, I'll never run dry. So like in that relationship, I had allowed that man to be my source of, um, telling me who I am Mm -hmm. and like the love that I get. Um, when you say that, are you, are you saying like, look internally, like like when you prayer, you close your eyes and you're looking, you know, so I'm, so I'm saying like, so now, like with Christ in my life, when I let mm-hmm. him be my source, so like mm-hmm. when I let him tell me who I am mm-hmm. um, based on who he is, when I, like when I let him tell me um, how much I'm loved and valued, then that's my source. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Versus letting a person or your career or whatever, because like, like modeling, for example, if I let, um, you know, however many likes I got on a post, a modeling mm-hmm. post, or like what jobs I'm booking or what an agent or company tells me, if I let that be my source of like my value in myself, mm-hmm. like that's not gonna get me anywhere, no matter no matter if it's good or bad. It'll, it'll eventually run dry. Yeah, no, so, I, I get that uh, a lot. It, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're not identifying with external things. And sure. uh, it seems like, and anytime we do that in our lives and, uh, it, it just, it's never a thing. You're never going to achieve happiness if, if you're self-identifying with all these external materialistic things and, um, you know, so looking internally, look, you know, looking internally for, for you is uh, Christ and, uh, it's very powerful. There's the one thing that, you know, my twin brother, Randy, and I, he, he's a writer. He writes these articles, and I co-wrote an article with him um, about um, religion and how we went, me and him went from, you know, kind of religion when we were younger with our grandmother, and then then we we got into atheism for a little bit out of college or just in college and, 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 and write out. And then, uh, and then I I read some books of people that was, uh, talked about spirituality and, and, uh, you know, spirituality without religion. A lot of times, uh, a lot of religion from like mothers and fathers, you know, a, a real like, dogmatic religion driving you into forcing you into stuff uh can drive people out of that and you, and you okay. see it in today's time i think there was a a study that showed like 40 percent of millennials um mark none for for religion so there's these i think there's a spiritual malnourishment in society right now and this is kind of what we wrote about in this in this article, just kind of talking about our journey in defining spirituality. You know, I, I found I got into uh, meditation and uh, went to like a Japanese culture center and got into like some zazen, you know, meditation, you know, like Buddhism, Eastern philosophy, and 
And uh, a lot of it's pretty similar to the things that you're saying, you know, just meditating and, and looking internally and not identifying with external things and, and uh, becoming one with, you know, yourself or, you know, the universal consciousness or whatever, uh, whatever you will. Uh, and, um, but I feel like it's what we talked about in an article is, I, with this decline of, you know, uh, people uh, following religion or spirituality, it's led to like an increase of, you know, ideologies and things. You see it in um, politics and, you know, you know, the Republican and Democrat, especially over this last election. It's almost a lot of these a lot of our youth don't have the, you know, a lot of this, uh, you know, purposeful and meaning that, you know, religion or spirituality can bring that, you know, something out there that's higher than yourself. So they, you almost fall into these, you know, ideology, ideology. I don't know why I can't say that now. (laughs) I know what you're trying to say. (laughs) Ideology. Yeah. And uh, you fall into, and usually these, and a lot of times you, um, you know, like identity politics or, you know, uh, you know, e- even when it comes to diet, like veganism and, and carnivore diets or, um, you know, even science has turned into a ideology. I don't know why I can't say word. <laughs> ideology. 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 Okay. I got it. <laughs> but even like science with this whole, COVID thing or less has turned into kind of an ideology. So it's like, that's what, I don't know if you've seen this, but that's kind of what we kind of see with the the youth these days. It's then they're, and then they get kind of lost in these, um, you know, um, yeah. Boxes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it, like everything's becoming so like divided it seems like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, I get what you're saying about like religion. I feel like sometimes like religion and like, I don't know, people like Christians or, you know, whatever, it can be like not not attractive, like can actually push, push you away from Christ. Mm-hmm. Cause it's all about like rules and what you're doing wrong. And it's like, that's not even, that's not even it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about relationship with Christ. Like, yeah. and like he is love. So I don't know. And I, st- I feel like now I even, sometimes I even struggle with like not being attracted to like, like Chris- other Christians are like mm. how they act. And I'm like, ugh. And then God's like, stop looking at them. Like, look at me. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not following them. You're following me. So just focus on me and like fix your eyes on me. I think so. that's what makes people so uncomfortable, you know, with religion or, or even spirituality and, and, you know, meditation. You know, some I know some people roll their eyes when I when I talk about it and and, uh, and advocate for it. But it's uh you know, especially here in Chicago, um, you know, a lot of times it just makes people uncomfortable just hearing you talk about God, you know, and stuff. And like, even when I was in my early twenties, when I was, uh, you know, 
consider myself athe- you know, an atheist at that time. Like my, my myself then would have thought the same about spirituality or you know religion at the time. And uh, you know, I, I essentially looking back, I fell into uh, you know adhering to essentially an ideology uh, at the time. Um, essentially, what it is, and when, right. And then I think when when you take that journey inward, you know, like you did inward to God, you know, and kind of, you know, what I did with spirituality, I think, like you said, you stop identifying with external things and then you get a, you really look internally and and face a lot of your anxieties and, and stresses and fears and, you know, neuroticisms that you have in life. And, uh, and then really you know, face a lot of those uh, things that we really don't look at, you know, like a lot of times we're just uh, whatever stimulus we can find, our phone and and TV and whatever thing, we never really look internally and and face a lot of those uh, fears and anxieties that we have and beliefs and ideas and emotions. And uh, so it's like, like you said, the goal isn't to remove like these, you know, identifications that we have or these these thoughts just to become more aware of it and more aware of the the consequences of these thoughts or ideas, you know? For sure. You know? I totally agree. Yep. All right, we can uh we can ask some fun questions here. We got pretty deep there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all but, right. But I, I appreciate it for sharing. For sure. What's a, what's a like typical morning look like for you? Do you, you know, as you became a model, do you eat healthy? Do you focus on your, your, uh, your diet more? Do you exercise? Like what, what's changed there or anything? Sort of. I feel like that's kind of been like a, a different process. Like in the beginning, when I very first started modeling, um, I really was like watching what I ate and like was even trying to lose weight but like now I've I've just kind of I've embraced that like I don't need to lose weight like I so I just try to tone up um and I of course try to eat healthy um but so now I actually um this wasn't from modeling or anything but now I actually don't eat meat anymore okay um so yeah but so a typical morning would look like for me, um, I get up like through the week, usually at seven, um, I'll, I'll pray, I'll, um, read the word a little bit and then I'll get ready for work. Um, I'll, I just eat like a banana for breakfast, <laughs> yeah. nothing, nothing too healthy, but just eat a banana. Um, and I've been like, as I'm getting older, um, since I do do modeling, I've been, um, supplementing like collagen into okay. what I'm drinking yeah. so that helps your skin so yeah. I, I drink some collagen with my water yeah. every morning I was, you don't eat meat but I was going to suggest uh, bone broth I, is, is uh, really has a lot of collagen it's really good does for it? Too. yeah yeah yeah. But, uh, yeah. Did, did you go completely vegan or are you just vegetarian you still eat like eggs and stuff And I don't know what category to put myself in so like <laughs> just um, feeling it out yeah, so yeah. I don't eat meat. Um, sometimes I still eat seafood. I don't know. It's just kind of 
different with that. Um, yeah. I don't like I don't drink milk, um, but cheese is hard to get away from. <laughs> <laughs> so because I I haven't yet found like a a vegan cheese that actually tastes good to me. Yeah, they're not the so best. No, they're really not. So <laughs> so I'm kind of kind of here and there with that, but like regular meat, I guess I I don't eat. Sometimes I eat like seafood i gotcha i gotcha you can eat eggs they uh you know eggs aren't really like a everybody thinks uh like a chicken egg is a a, a, that is like a chicken that was going to hatch eventually but it's that's not the case like an egg is just um it never was going to be a chicken like the eggs that we're eating it's just yeah uh, yeah but uh yep i I still eat eggs there you go (laughs) (laughs) yep what you talked about one book do you, do you have like a, a a you know um you know and if the, any other books uh, if the bible's one then feel free say that. that are like my favorite books yeah just like your maybe you suggest or give out to cuz i know you're mentoring other models i don't know if there's any thing you suggest to them or yeah i feel like the the book that I've given like as a gift the most has been that the battlefield of the mind book by okay. Joyce Meyer. So that's one of my favorite books. Cause it just, cause it was like so life changing for me. Mm. Of course the Bible. Um, those are the main two, honestly, I, I love to read though. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person that has like three books open at once though. So yeah. like, I'm like alternating between three books, reading them. I've worked into doing that as well, just because you know, a lot of, I'll have three books and then it, I feel like it just keeps me, if I, if I I'll read a chapter one, it's like, oh, I don't want to read another chapter, but I still want to read. So I'll jump to the subtle one. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't, I don't mean to have like so many open at once. I just like, I love to read and I'm like, oh, I still want to read this one. And then I'll start it and I'm like, oh, I forgot I'm still reading this one. <laughs> yeah. So I'll kind of jump back and forth. I like it. What do you, um, I love asking this question, and if you could have a gigantic billboard that would reach millions and billions of people, metaphorically speaking, what would you put on the billboard? Uh, Jesus is king. I mean, because ultimately, I feel like nothing else really matters. Like, uh, like my my life is ultimately like by him, for him, and and through him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's powerful. Yeah. What is? I feel like something else though. I do want to talk about that is like super, like something I want to say. What's here? Everything is photoshopped. Like everything. Yeah. What? what? Literally everything is photoshopped. Like what do you mean? And like pictures? Like in modeling. Just okay. Like in modeling, like the modeling world, like for um, like younger women looking up to like younger girls looking up to models, like just to realize everything's photoshopped. Mm. Isn't there some? I listen to Joe Rogan podcast sometimes and he has a couple daughters and they have these, there's like a crazy app that, uh, photoshops just really, really well. And it makes you look like a real person, but you're not, you know, obviously doesn't look anything like you. Yeah. I know like one of the, he, they always talk about one of the Kardashians used it. Probably, probably Facetune. <laughs> Is it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 But see, when, so, yeah. you're, when, when you're always, I feel like 
that's what social media and you know Instagram and all this and a lot of it's doing. It's a lot of people are seeking this validation, you know, this external validation and you know, uh, and identifying with these things, uh, external things, and and it's like when when you have all this Photoshop and you don't really know that, you know what's going on and who's not photoshopped so you're trying to like compare yourself to these unrealistic things these uh, people that don't even really exist like yeah <laughs> um, yeah it's so funny i feel like um it's almost kind of become like a game sometimes like if if i'm booked for a shoot like the pictures like when they'll come out i kind of look and see like okay what what have they changed about me like what looks different about me so, and it, it's so funny, like, every time there's something that's, like, changed or different. As far as, like, for jobs, typically if I'm doing, like, a shoot for, like, to update my portfolio, like, the last pictures I posted, those aren't really totally, totally edited out. But, but yeah, the other ones, like, there was one time. Um, <laughs> they, like, maybe, edited you in, in some of these pictures? Yeah, like, one of the, one of the jobs I booked they completely wiped off my widow's peak, like didn't even have it anymore. Oh, it wow. Was, it was gone. I'm like, what? You're, why? It took you're like, I like my widow's peak. <laughs> I know. I'm like, that's what makes me me. Like, and you guys knew I had that when you booked me. Why'd you take it off? But uh, That's so odd. I know, right? That's what I thought. So I'm thinking like maybe, maybe they liked it and then maybe we shot with it and then it was like too dominant for the picture. I don't know. That's weird because that was uh, one way that people always was able to tell Randy and I apart was he had a more defined widow's peak. And, you know, I don't really have a widow's peak and he had one. So it's yep. like, that was like the one thing that people used to identify each one of us. So it's like I can empathize with you. Saying, like, no, that's, that's me. What are you doing? Yeah, why did you take that off? Like... <laughs> I felt like it wasn't. I'm like, that's not even me in the picture anymore. Did they edit you in the that the magazine cover at all? Uh, they did. They took my moles off my face. Okay. Every single one of them. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, they I'm like, do- I, actually, at this age, I like my moles. I feel like they're like beauty marks. I don't. Yeah. Know. Do they not even? Do they ask you at all? Mm-mm. No. no. <laughs> you probably you probably sign that that that's okay when you apply for the. Yeah, when, pretty much as a model, like when you say you're gonna like you're booked for a job, they can edit the photo however however they want. Pretty much. I'm trying to think like what makes them think like you took that picture and they're using it for the cover. So is this some women in the room thinking, all right, you know, let's just uh, take one of those moles off. Uh, you know, just take them all off. Actually, you know, like yeah. what is the conversation in this room? Oh no. The uh, the people that read this Churchill Downs uh, magazine just they don't resonate with moles very well, so we got to take this off here. It's got to be. I, I'm just trying yeah, it's like to take you, the rationale. I never, I never know like the thought process and like why certain stuff is edited, and I feel like I I try not to think too deep about that because like I remember one time like they com- like somebody completely edited my teeth. Like, they blacked them out, I guess, like, because my teeth are, like, chiclets sometimes. So, <laughs> like, they completely blacked my teeth out. So, if I think too much about, like, why they did something, then it'll make me, like, insecure about it. So, I try not to even, like, reason too much with it. I'm like, maybe, 
maybe it was just too dominant for the picture, so they just, you know, didn't use it or whatever. I try not to think too much about it because you can't really, you can't do that. Otherwise, it will get to you. You should have, you, sh- you should have played a trick with uh, your husband and, and showed him the magazine and see if he noticed or you know, see if he noticed like them editing you. I do that. I do that sometimes. I'm like, can you tell what they changed about me? And he's always like, no. <laughs> he did notice the widow's peak thing, though. He did notice did he? that. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. And it was funny. It took me a minute though to figure it out because I'm like, I look really different, but I can't figure out why. I was like, what is different? I was like, my head looks bigger. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. No, it's not bigger. My widow's peak's just off. <laughs> That's just so bizarre. I know. That's what I thought. But I think some of the some of the pictures that we did, like it was just from like the top of the nose, like up, so it just showed my eyes. So I think like maybe it was too dominant for the for the picture. You know what I mean? Okay. Nice. And then because they took it off for for that shot, then the rest of the pictures that did show my face, they probably had to take it off for as well. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have gotcha. no idea. Um. All right, we we can uh, we can end it with this. What if you? What's some advice you would give? You know, to this could be two different answers if you want. What what's some advice you would give to you know just a person that graduated college and eager to start their career? Or uh, I I'd be interested in your advice for maybe a. A woman or a man that's interested in getting into modeling and they don't know where to go or, or how to uh, or you know how to start um, you know applying themselves to it yeah so you don't have to be um, perfect before you start like I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to be in their best shape um, look their best before they start like don't feel like because you're never gonna be perfect so like don't feel like things and that can relate to anything across the board don't feel like things have to be perfect before you just take that step before you start that could have went on the Uh, billboard too yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) yep and then just don't ever let anybody try to limit your potential ever like there's exceptions to every rule literally so yeah a lot of people because a lot of times we put our own we have a we put our own limiting beliefs on ourselves and our career and our life and just uh, you know our, our own potential. But a lot of other people try to do that for you, like you've talked about in you know sure. podcast. So you you know just being mindful of that internally and externally of other people's is powerful. And, uh, and I, I love you. Don't have to be perfect. You said it, but I was thinking as you. As you first said, I was like, that applied to anything in, in life. Because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times people think they just overanalyze things. I've talked about it on this podcast a couple of times. When I started this podcast a couple of years ago, people would come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I thought about doing a podcast too. And uh, I'm like, well, do it, man. You know, you know, and people put so much like, well, no, I can't do it anymore. You know, and because uh, you were doing it or something, or or they're just asking me about another idea for a or a different podcast, and I'm just I always just say just get in there and do it. And a lot of times you'll start to learn as you go, and then and if you're you know if you, if you have some you know self discipline and you're eager to learn, and and uh, there's a lot of uh, 
the internet, YouTube, everything's filled with a lot of ways you can learn. There's a ton of books out there that you can find that can really apply yourself to, you know, learn as you go. But a lot of times just getting in there and figuring out, and that seems like what it, what you did in your modeling career and you're uh, five years in really starting to come into your own now, seems like. Right. I feel like also like not to be, you were talking about how your friend was talking about doing a podcast. Um, I feel like not to be afraid to do something that somebody else is already doing because you feel like you're going to duplicate it because you bring something totally different than what they are bringing. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what makes you, you is you're going to bring something totally different to the table. So don't be afraid to do something that somebody else is already doing because you can redo it in your own way. And if you fail, you probably, that's how we learn the most is from failing, you know? So Absolutely. if you do fail, you're probably going to learn a lot from it and you're probably going to grow from it and be a better person at the end of it. Absolutely. It's no failures. It's always like learning experiences. Yeah. Uh, I, what's the, the quote? It's like the perfect is the enemy of good. I think, uh, always trying to be perfect and then you'll never be good. I think. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've heard that. that. One. Yeah. Perfect is the enemy <laughs> of good. I want to say <laughs> <laughs> I could have botched a little bit, but it's, it's something around that. Nature. But I get it though. I, yeah. yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thanks for jumping on. It was good catching up with you. And, yeah, you uh, too. I appreciate you. Yeah. I hope somebody me. connects with your story and you know, helps uh, leapfrog maybe their career or modeling career or, uh, or just maybe find some meaning in their life if that's what they're looking for. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for giving me like a, a platform to speak on. So. Yeah. And it was good catching up with you, too. Yeah. Thanks again. All right. Bye.